Hey there, boils and ghouls. This is Stuart Wellington of the Flophouse Podcast. We're doing one of those Flophouse minis this week. Uh, That's where we, on our off weeks, instead of doing our normal show where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it, we're going to be doing something a little bit different tonight. We're going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Once again, I'm Stuart Wellington, and joining me, as always, are my co-hosts, who will introduce themselves now. Dan McCoy. And Elliot Kalen. And I want to warn everybody, this is going to be an extra fun episode because I have a lingering cough. <laughs> oh, oh, that usually equals fun. It's so either I, that I may or... cough sometimes. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when Stuart is very drunk, those are good episodes. And sometimes when Dan is getting over being sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just bring some kind of strange energy out. If for some reason we can do all three of those at one time, oh, doggy. Oh, wow. Um, so if this is your well, first time wait, listening to the what's show, what's my equivalent? What's my equivalent to you being drunk and Dan being sick? Just my. I think you're tired, just kind of normally a ball of uh, energy. <laughs> uh, okay, ball of energy. I was worried where that sentence was going, but what I'm normally. Uh, you're normally a great dude. Ah. <laughs> yeah. You have full blown ability to make people laugh. <laughs> great duditis. <laughs> okay. So, uh, if this is the I'm first time you're it's tuning in, a malignant in- case of good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this is the first time you're tuning into the podcast, I would highly recommend turning this shit off and listening to a different episode. <laughs> we have more uh, normal episodes. Yeah. Yes. This is this is for uh, for the real ones, the true fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh! Now I'm digging myself in deeper. Okay, so uh, today's episode is something part of a series we call Stuart Wellington for Completists Only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So uh, this is a little uh, this is a little Flophouse Manny brought to you by Minnie's Bar and Maniac of New York. Um, and this Manny is has a subtitle, and that is <laughs> we are titling it Stew Stews podcast adventure. That's right. I'm going <laughs> okay. to be talking about a one of my see, I think everybody knows, if you know me, you know that I'm a man of many passions and that's an appropriate mm-hmm. reference to a, uh what I'm talking about today. I'm a man of many passions. The soap opera wh- passions. He loves <laughs> the passions. soap opera passions. Many seasons many of, of passions. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what are some uh, of your it, passions too? Name some of your other passions. Yeah. Before we get into this specific uh, well, passion, tell us in general sure. what your passions are. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, creating PowerPoints for live uh, podcasts with my uh-huh. two friends. Okay. Uh, who are they? Warhammer. <laughs> Warhammer. <laughs> oh, who are they? Okay. Uh, when I mentioned you should ask me questions, I didn't realize. Yeah. So, so Warhammer, I would say what? George R. R. Martin, the books, not the shows. Mm-hmm. Yep. Passion. Wow, you're you're pretty good. Is passion uh, fruit one of your passions? Because I know that you're passionate about fruit, but is passion fruit specifically? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. I would like to direct your attention to the episode titled "The Fruit House," <laughs> where true. I address my top five favorite fruits. Yeah, and, in an uh, episode the, that seemed to drive you both super <laughs> mad. Yeah, and and you said that the Passion of the Christ was a life changing movie for you. It was. It was life changing in that my life was different uh, because it was slightly older. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards, you were two somewhat around two hours older. Yeah. Uh, slightly older. And, um, and as soon as the movie was over, you looked in a mirror and you said, 
but there was time then. <laughs> Where did the years go? Where did it go? I looked, yeah, I looked at the mirror. Uh, I had a special mirror made just to show, uh, I don't know. I'm, now I'm you talking spe- about You have a special mirror made that has a mustache painted on it and a beard <laughs> so, so that you look like an old man when you look at it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had to get a, I had to get a special art, uh, mirror artist to do that for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I was about to start talking about the rehearsal on HBO Max, which I'm not going to talk about. That's going to be for a later thing because, oh boy, <laughs> that show, woo doggy. Instead, I'm talking about a different show, or in fact, in this case, I'm going to be talking about a show and a comic book. That's right. Yeah. I'm talking about a That's long right. Three's running. Th- Three's Company <laughs> and Mouse. <laughs> 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 Weird pairing, but I'm sure it'll all click into place. I think once you we can see, see the Stewart's well, design. <laughs> I just, I was just recently, I was reading, I've been reading the book Fun City Cinema recently, recently, which Dan got me for my birthday last year. And at one point, they mentioned that there was a double feature that was released where it was Rosemary's Baby and The Odd Couple, and it was called the greatest double feature ever when it was released. <laughs> and it That's was like actually two, two classic New York stories on one true. bill. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't not live up to its name. Uh, Okay, so what I'm talking about today is not that. I'm talking about something completely different. I'm talking about a long-running Japanese intellectual property called JoJo's (laughs) Bizarre Adventure. (laughs) The reason I use the term uh, intellectual property is because it began as a a serialized manga uh, and has since been uh, adapted into— Can you define manga for any of our listeners who are in 1987? Sure. So manga means Japanese comic book. Oh. And in fact, that's one of the things I wanted uh, before. Uh, and it's in addition to be, it's been adapted into live action films, into original uh, animated films, and uh, what is currently going on is a long, a uh, an ongoing animated series. Now. I have mentioned JoJo's Bizarre Adventure before, and I've made reference to it on previous episodes of the podcast, often to uh, crickets and no mm-hmm. response. Yeah, uh, I mean what? the problem is the problem is that we did a number of episodes where, that were co-hosted with several crickets. <laughs> That's and true. It was hard for them to take part in the conversation because they have to talk by rubbing their wings together. I think, uh-huh. and uh, crickets write in if I'm wrong, and uh, so it was hard to understand what they were saying a lot of the time. And I'm glad that you mentioned several because normally when you go to buy crickets from like a pet store or something and you're like, yeah, can I get, I don't know, like one or two crickets? They're like, sorry, dog. (laughs) It only comes in a giant ass box Mm -hmm. full. I remember when I was a kid and I had pet lizards having, having to go once a week to buy a bag of crickets and I would feed the lizards one cricket each a day, but it meant that I had a bag of crickets just in my room all the time. You know Uh what? You know what I remember? My brother had like, also had lizards Uh and we would- we would walk along the side of the the driveway. Like we would walk along the grass on the side of the driveway because if you stepped, like sometimes crickets would jump out onto the driveway where they were easy oh. to pick up and catch. And in retrospect, this memory feels like a memory of a time uh, when there were still bugs in the world, like when climate change hadn't like so... so scorched the earth that like I just don't think that if I like went home right now and I walked along a driveway there would be enough crickets to to, to feed I don't a know. pet I think you lizard need, that's what I I'm think saying. you need to move to California Dan because I'm constantly yeah. finding bugs and spiders in my house yeah 
Listeners, uh, listeners, write in uh, and tell Dan if you have seen a bug recently. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> they're not right in, bugs tell around. Dan, tell Dan where the good cricket hunting is. I'm aware of. Oh, trouble. weird. We got we got a bunch of letters from uh, <laughs> from Michael Shannon's character from the movie Bug. <laughs> he says he's seen a million he of says them. They're under his skin right now. <laughs> oh, so he hasn't seen them then, but he yeah. feels them. Dan, I have yeah. this image now of you and your brothers wearing orange hunting vests and hunting caps, <laughs> creeping uh-huh. along a driveway. <laughs> Yeah, saying yeah. be very, very quiet, quiet. Well, hunting quickets. <laughs> P- pith helmets, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, so from the sounds of it, you guys, uh, do, you, do you have any understanding of what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is about? What it is? I, I have I, to admit, I, I, based a lot on your recommendation, I started reading the manga, and mm-hmm. I quickly found it was not quite for me. Okay. Well, I know we're going to find out more about that. We'll dig into okay. that. Audrey has watched it. I didn't watch it with her. I assume it is about a man named Jojo and the bizarre adventure or adventures that he has. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, the thing well, is, Jojo is was a man who right. thought he was a something, but he let it all something, something. Uh-huh. I don't know what he says in the song I think after you need that. To but I know, he left his, studies. I know he's left his home to, in Tucson, Arizona for something. For some and California then, uh, grass. Hmm? Uh-huh. Yeah, which is at this point the California grass is all dying. There's a big drought, so Jojo, don't come here for grass. Go yeah, to yeah. the East Coast where there's plenty of water. Now, uh, not uh, lately, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> do you guys do you guys have uh, much experience with manga or what, like watching long running animated series? No. Anime series. I will say yeah, no. Yeah, sure. I'll say yes. There you go. Okay, two sides give me of the some coin. examples. We can have a debate. Give me some examples. What, like, I what don't do you, have to because I said no. <laughs> oh, Dan doesn't. Dan doesn't have to. Elliot. I haven't. I guess I haven't watched. Uh, do they have to be long-running Japanese animated shows? Yes. Mm, then I guess you know what I haven't watched too many of them because like Cowboy Bebop's not that long a series. Um, but that's that, I mean, only that's has a good example. Okay, sure, but, yeah. so, but that was you know when I was in college, I used my roommate and I used to watch a lot of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, I've read, uh, and I've read plenty of ma- manga in my time, you know? Look, if Katsuhiro Otomo's doing it, I'll read it. That's just, uh, yeah, that just mean, goes what, without what, saying, you know? Yeah, he's the master. He's the best. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're, we're going to jump right in, uh, and we're going to talk about— Now, the thing about my experience with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is in no way am I an expert, so I'm not going to get everything right. I'm, I describe myself as an enthusiastic uh, amateur or, uh, I don't know— mm-hmm. um, and I, my first exposure was to the OVA, uh, which is another term for like an like a animated movie, basically that's broken up into parts that came out in the nineties. That's no, no, based an OVA the- and OVA is involves the production of eggs. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, interesting. So I yeah. got that totally wrong. I biffed it. Uh, add that <laughs> yeah. one to my biff column. Uh, Put it in the goofs, the goofs page for Stuart Wellington on IMDb. Put that in my biffs. Um, yeah. And I, so I, wa- I watched the uh, the original animation from the nineties that's based on the third part. AKA Stardust Crusaders. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I watched it a bunch of times. I think I recommended it on the show years ago. It's awesome. Um, and then years later, I was looking for some comics to read. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Why don't I read it? Why don't I go back? I like this. Let me go back and start from the beginning. So I read the first couple, I read the first three series in uh, as a manga. And then 
after that, they they didn't have all the manga's translator put out in these fancy hardbacks. So I started watching the animation. So it's there's uh, for series four and five, I only watch the the show. So it's going to be my my experience might be a little different. I might know things uh, as one way or another way. Just to give people a little back. Sure, you definitely so you're know st- things. I'm not. Don't be so hard. Thank on yourself. you. Yeah, and he's seen things. He's seen things mm-hmm. he can never forget. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a surprise that I haven't torn my eyeballs. Out. <laughs> yeah, the- yeah. It's amazing that Sam Neill got so much acting work after he tore his own eyeballs out because he's a method actor. He does his own stunts. Well, yeah, where he was going, like he that. didn't need eyes anymore. Is the thing, and where so. he was going was the Borgias. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't end hunt for the wilder people and he didn't yeah, yeah. need eyes for those, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's similar to how <laughs> Christopher Lloyd got jobs smell. after he t- he threw away all the roads that were created because yeah. they didn't need roads in the future. <laughs> in a way, I wish we didn't need roads because uh the United States infrastructure is falling to pieces. And preach, brother, let's pedestrianize this whole country. Walk end to end just like Forrest Gump. He showed us the way. Yeah, now, here's suck the, here's it, Robert a, here's Moses. Is this, yeah, he should. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Uh, here's something that um, a lot of people don't mention in the goofs column. At the end of Back to Future, he says, where we're going, we don't need roads. When you see the future in Back to Future Part 2, there are lots of roads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also, nasty with them. It yeah. seems like when you're flying, it's, you know, it's not like you can just fly wherever. There are, like, specific flight paths that are basically sky roads. Yeah, that's a very oh. good point. That's a very good <laughs> that's point. That's actually a good point. I'm starting to think yeah. this guy who invented time travel after hitting his head on the sink when he was standing on the toilet mm. might not have it all together. Yeah, True. I don't I don't trust him. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna jump right in. We're gonna I'm gonna explain a little <laughs> bit about Joe minutes, just we're gonna jump right in. <laughs> we're gonna jump right in. We're gonna raw dog it. I'm gonna talk a little bit about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm gonna there will be some like mild spoilers. But I hope that at the end you will understand a little bit of why I love this property. Okay. Okay, so I put together a little bit of a slideshow for you guys so you guys mm-hmm. can see some of the beauty of what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, let's pull this shit up, and I'm going to start slideshow over here. Now, we have this this first slide, and this is the introduction. This is the first part of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Now, Something you have to understand is that there there are multiple JoJo's and there are many Bizarre Adventures. And it's broken up into different series and it kind of follows roughly uh, multiple generations of the Joestar family. Now, Joestar, of course, is a traditional family name, a uh, Liverpudlian family name. <laughs> uh, let me start my slideshow. I mean, that would okay. explain why the Beatles have a song about a guy named Jojo. That's absolutely true. And in fact... You're also going to see through some of the naming conventions that the creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Hiroki Araki, uh, is a huge fan of rock and roll and pop music because he is not uh, he is not too careful at disguising some of his uh, his favorite bands and now are you going to get into? I assume at some point JoJo's Bizarre Adventure crosses over with JoJo Rabbit for the larger JoJo verse for JoJo No Way Home. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They they crosses over. Uh, I, there has been an argument in the case of that. Well, we'll talk about this later. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll actually get into that when we get into part three, Stardust Crusaders. So we're, we're going to talk first about part one. That is Phantom Blood. And right here we have this first slide. This is from the opening of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And we are, uh, our story opens in 1880 in Liverpool. Now, which one of uh, these, which one of these guys is JoJo that I see the, here? 
That's a very good question. That is on the the fellow on the right with the dark hair is Jonathan uh, is Jonathan Joestar, mm. and he's holding a book and he's got like a little red bow tie, very thick neck. I got both of these guys are very built. I got yeah, they're obje- they're beefcakes. I got to object to the way this gentleman is dressed with the purple hair because mm-hmm. uh, not only like so there's a you know he's wearing a dress shirt with a bow tie. And then over mm-hmm. that appears to be sweater. some sort of V-neck sweater or sweater vest that's paisley. And then mm-hmm. over that there is a vest. And then it looks, over looks like a corset vest. That, it doesn't cover his whole chest. There yeah. is sort of a smoking jacket cape. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a yep. lot of things going on. I, I well, to, Liverpool is very cold. There's a lot of and styles happening here. They should call it JoJo's bizarre layering. Well, I'm I'm glad that you're pointing I'm glad that you're pointing out some of these style choices because Uh one of the great things about this series is uh, the I guess the uh, fashion forward uh, element Mm -hmm. of the characters. Now, standing over uh, Jonathan Joestar's shoulder is Dio Brando. Now, Dio Brando is his adopted (laughs) brother. Okay, Uh, Dio Brando's father saved uh, Jonathan's father's life after a carriage accident that took the life of Jonathan's mother. So he adopted this poor kid, Dio Brando, and brought him into the family. Now, the and the whole part of this uh, story arc is kind of the, con- the conflict between Dio and Jonathan. Now, Jonathan's our hero, so of course, he has nothing particularly interesting about him. He's right. big and tough <laughs> and smart. Dio, on the if other I, hand- If I'm remembering from, from reading the comic, he is incredibly naive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Dio, on the other hand, is immediately evil. He like he he like beats up a dog early on. He uh, kisses Jonathan's sweetheart. He turns all of Jonathan's friends against him. Uh, they fight quite a bit. And as you can see, uh, Dio's also holding there. He's holding this like m- this stone mask. And now that yeah. stone mask is going to be pretty important because part of the, in the course of their struggles. Uh, they find out this stone mask is an Aztec artifact, mm-hmm. and it somehow, when uh, blood is splashed on it, uh, it awakens, and if attached to a person, turns them into a vampire. Okay, that counts as a Who bizarre says, adventure. Smoking, right? <laughs> he says that's <laughs> yeah. it would be appropriate, or he'd say at least somebody stop me, which somebody, somebody yeah. should stop him. Yeah, and that yeah. somebody is Jonathan Joestar. Now, now uh, when he says when Jim Carrey says somebody stop me, does that mean that that whole movie is a cry for help? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, in many ways. Well, he's a that, murderer. Uh, that's, I feel like that's part of the appeal of Jim Carrey is there's clearly sadness behind his eyes. Oh, very much so. Yeah, like Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, uh, so wait, he's a murderer, you mean the mask or Jim Carrey? Good uh, question. Well, I think the mask just sort of brings out what's inside you as we see in the movie, the mask. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when the bad guy gets it, he just turns into a big, like, tough guy who, like, spits out mm-hmm. bullets. But when Jim Carrey, you know, who watches into, like, an, Tex Avery cartoons— guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he turns into yeah. a, like a, a wolf. He turns into a, a real cherry popping daddy. Um, mm-hmm. And the dog just <laughs> pees all over him. Right? <laughs> the worst kind of daddy. The worst kind By far. Worst kind, yeah. Uh, and, so, nobody knows, a, and nobody knows what happens when Jamie Kennedy puts on the mask because no one saw that movie, no not even the people it. who made it. It's a mystery. <laughs> That's uh, what yeah, the write in, if you, was. <laughs> if, if you watch that movie, write in and tell us that you did and that you're a real person. And if you're Jamie Kennedy or not. <laughs> you're not a real um, person. So, Sorry, Jamie. 
<laughs> Sorry, Jamie. Malibu's so as, I, as, as I said, the conflict between Jonathan Joestar and Dio Brando is, is central to this. Dio is trying to get Jonathan's father's fortune. He's trying to somehow get his father to leave his entire fortune to him. Uh, and in the process, he poisons Jonathan's father slowly. And then uh, when his, uh, his, his evil deeds are revealed, he becomes a, he puts on the mask, becomes an immortal vampire. And the rest of the series is Jonathan trying to defeat a evil, super powerful uh, vampire dude who kills everything. It's a very gory kind of horror forward story. Mm. And he doesn't do it on his own. He enlists the help of some friends. Let's go to the next slide. Okay. We have two more Victorian gentlemen on oh, the left. We got Tom we have- Petty from the <laughs> Don't Come Around Here No More video. <laughs> yeah. Now it's funny that you bring up Tom Petty because uh, that actually is a uh, a is a uh, uh, like a gutter born criminal named Robert E O Speedwagon. Oh wow! Okay, who uh, you know he's like a he's a rapscallion type. Uh, uh, he becomes an important figure in the whole universe. He eventually forms a foundation that. Uh, pays for the Joe Stars family's fight against evil. And on the right okay. is another gentleman. This is uh, uh, Will- William Zeppeli, who is an Italian oh. martial arts master. <laughs> sure. <laughs> who can harness the power of hamon, which involves some kind of like ham? careful breathing. Yeah, just ham. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. The power of ham. <laughs> it's spelled very similarly. It's uh, it's it's one of those like common. I feel like it's a common thing in martial arts, uh, mm. it, like martial ham. arts fantasy stories, to use ham and to use like like breath control. Like breath yeah, control yeah. is like an all-purpose like. If you, if you can control your breathing, you can. In this case, it's it gives you like the power of life, which is mm. the opposite of Dio's power of death. Uh, I, you can obviously you can describe these gentlemen. They're uh, they're both wearing top hats. They are yes. flashy dressers. Yeah. Checkerboard top hats, very and, common and, and, back then. Uh, Zeppeli's got the longest cuffs in the world, <laughs> with three <laughs> True. kind of three cuff links on the outside per cuff. And uh, they, Big they guns, all, very yeah, huge, muscular. Huge arms. They're all kind of dressed like circus performers from like a rock and roll traveling freak concert circus, <laughs> you know? Like like every time a band, like Marilyn Manson did like a circus theme, I feel like these would be like the ringmasters, you know? Exactly. Uh, and that's exactly how you'd imagine a martial arts uh, master to, from Italy to dress. Now, uh, <laughs> the... Jonathan now, is, it an, is, is, it, is it an Italian form of martial arts or he went to the East to learn martial arts, but he's from Italy? You know, I'm, I'm trying to remember because it was a while since I read this one. Uh, but I feel like it's, I can't, I, he, he learned it from a master who will be introduced in the next segment. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's like a, I don't, it's his like goal to defeat, like destroy the mask and the creatures that created this stone mask. So I don't, maybe it comes from like the Aztec people. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he doesn't have to worry about destroying the mask. The sequel pretty much did that. The franchise is dead in the water. That's true. Yeah. Uh, So Jonathan and his friends, as as we said, uh, fight Dio. Dio raises an army of uh, zombies. And uh, obviously one of the highlights, of course, you're in the 1880s. 
they got to definitely fight a zombie version of Jack the Ripper. Um, oh, I thought, course, I thought you were going to say going to, uh, going to the, uh, going to the, that big exposition at the Crystal Palace where they had those dinosaur statues. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they, di- they didn't do that. That would have been a great idea. No. Oh, and okay, that's the, too bad. In, the, in, a, in a final act of sacrifice, Jonathan defeats Dio, but he sacrifices himself, and he, uh, but he's going to live on through his unborn child, thus ensuring that we have another generation and we have another bizarre adventure on our hands. So let's move to the next slide, guys. Let's do it. I can't wait to see... Oh. Okay, this is this is the next slide. This is the uh, you're looking at the cover of the first issue of the comics. This is for uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Two, titled "Battle Tendency." Uh, <laughs> and so, and who's this guy who's who's incredibly ripped and his shirt can't even cover his abs? That's how I mean he's lifting his arms up. I guess you're going to see a common style choice that many of these characters ca- their shirts cannot cover their abs, and there's a lot of straps. <laughs> Similarly, their gloves cannot cover their fingers. Now, mm-hmm. so the the gentleman uh, on uh, at uh, uh, right in front, that's going to be this series JoJo. That uh, is okay. Joseph Joestar, the grandson of Jonathan Joestar. Okay, so, so the Joestar Sun family do, continues. So, so Jonathan's son didn't do much of anything. The adventures skipped a generation. Not yeah, I think I I believe the unborn child in this case was a daughter actually. Elliot. Oh, okay. Stuart, I will um, say that I've seen So Josephine Joe Stark could still have adventures. Yeah. Anyway, Dan, continue. I've seen I will I, I've seen comic covers that are clearer to interpret than this one. It, it, it uh-huh. like I'm not quite sure like, Not not comic book covers by Dave McKean. <laughs> there's that's that's true. It, it looks <laughs> like we are looking at like a face through sort of the facets of a big diamond or something like yeah yeah it, it, it's almost or like there's rays of light coming out from Jojo that are obscuring who, the, the figures in the background who is doing a real glamour pose with both of his <laughs> arms above his head and he, and he is yeah. stunting yeah and not, so he can see his abs yeah in the back in the in the scintillating light that seems to be radiating out from jo, uh, Joseph Joestar you uh, you can see images of this series villains, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. in a second. So this series takes place uh, much later. It takes place in the 1930s. Uh, oh, I can jo- tell that from the way that he was dressed. What with his <laughs> yeah, exactly. tank top with straps and his fingerless glove gauntlets. Yeah. The way uh, that he looks kind of like a Rob Liefeld character. <laughs> he he does if Rob Liefeld was cool. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, you know, um, he's made some good stuff. I mean, he is uh, like a Rob Liefeld character in that we don't see his feet because the image cuts yeah. off at the waist. True, true, That's true. actually true, yeah. Uh, but, but he so doesn't have enough ni- pouches. Yeah, oh no, not all straps, but without pouches. That's a that's a Liefeld no no. So 1930s. Uh, what's what kind of guy is he? What's is he that doing? your elified no no of the week? By the way, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, thank you. That is. That's my elified no. <laughs> thank you for reminding me about my elified no nos. The elified no no this week is if you're gonna have straps, put some pouches on them. Put or some else, pouches. What are your on heroes that shit. gonna carry things in? We don't so, know what they're carrying in the pouches. We don't need to know. Probably subway tokens and <laughs> lipstick. But your heroes need straps with pouches. That's the Liefeld no-no and my Elified no-no for the week. Thank you. So this series, JoJo, is uh, he's a globetrotting adventurer like you'd imagine. Uh, he's uh, he's working on behalf of the Speedwagon Foundation. Speedwa- uh, REO Speedwagon is still alive, uh, but he uh, he's an old man and he is dealing with some Nazi problems. Uh, uh, are the, we all? 
the the focus of this story is the creators, the the race of beings that created that vampire mask from the first oh. series, are a uh, a group of four immortal beings that are found in stone pillars in the Aztec <laughs> ruins. These four sure. pillar men. Let's advance so we can see what they look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, please. I'd love to. Oh, they look like oh. all the other characters. <laughs> they look exactly like all the other characters. <laughs> uh, so these four immortal beings that are, let's say, roughly humanoid. Uh, they, <laughs> they, I mean, they look, I mean they're, they're pretty humanoid. They're pretty human. <laughs> they're just big buff dudes. Who yeah, they look like drawn, any comic. And they have lines on them that I can't tell if they are scars or stitching like they're cracks, made out of canvas. Like they're rock men. Yeah, or it's or like shadows. So yeah. the, these are the four pillar men. They are immortal beings that are seeking to become the ultimate being. And in order to do that, they need to bo- they need to combine one of these stone masks with a rare red gem called the Stone of Aja. Uh, for all you Steely Dan fans out there. Um, I don't get that reference. I don't understand. (laughs) These four pillar men are named Santana, Wamu, ACDC, and Cars. Now, (laughs) of those four, which one do you think is the most powerful, guys? Just based on the name. ACDC. It's got to be, right? Dan, what do you think? I would say ACDC. I mean, like Cars is probably my favorite band of those. But yeah, ACDC is probably the most powerful. I got to surprise you guys. It's Cars is by far the what? most powerful. <laughs> really? Wow. That's surprising. Yeah. It's, it's very surprising. You know. uh, and so that, this wait, series. So, uh, but I like it. So uh, you don't have to tell me which one's which, but I like that they all seem to have kind of boy band personalities. One guy, that one guy with the, with the kind of white headdress is clearly the sensitive one. And the guy mm-hmm. with the, the other guy in the middle is like the seductive one. The one with the black head wrap, he's the leader. And the mm-hmm. one in the back, he's kind of like the bad boy bruiser. He's the one who's like a little bit less articulate. You know, you wonder which which fan is going to like that one because he's all about breaking <laughs> stuff. But he's got his fans. He's got his fans. That's the th- that's the thing about boy bands and also characters from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which any group of characters from from this series are a lot like boy bands. The yeah. so the the focus of this series is Joseph Joestar's struggle against these immortal beings that are almost impossible to defeat. In fact, he gets in a fight with them and they uh they beat him so badly and he's like, "Don't kill me yet. Give me a month to get more powerful. Let me give me a month to train and then I'll give you a real fight." And these I pillar mean- men are like, "You know what?" Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I want a real incredibly fight. Incredibly lenient. An incredible opportunity on but the, they, on the part of Pillarman. Very sportsmanlike. They put a ticking clock on there. They they put magic binding ri- poison rings around his heart and throat mm. uh, that after a month they will dissolve and kill him. So he has to defeat them in battle. And the only way he can get the antidote is from their nose rings and lip rings, uh, respectively. <laughs> Uh, so of course he has to go train and let's move on. Let's see his, his teacher. That's right. Let's advance to the next slide. That's his teacher, Lisa, Lisa. She's a ham on master. That's right. We're talking about breath control again. So So he has still, it still sounds like it's based around ham. Yep, it sounds it's based around ham, uh, the magical life uh, giving force of breath control, and uh, he he now fights getting, these immortal now, from, beings. It's from great. Lisa, Lisa, I'm getting big kind of Carmen San Diego vibes. 
There's definitely co- the she's code. a she's a mysterious woman. Uh, she wears has very big shoulder pads. Yeah, she's great. It's awesome. Yeah. Now this is interesting um, to me her because ar- her arms seem to be the length of her body, but they're bent at the elbows, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's perspective, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, but wait, she's holding her waist. Wait a minute. This this is uh, this is interesting because I just listened to the um, recent. There was a. Uh, I listened to the podcast. It's called The Hit Parade. It's a Slate podcast, and uh, uh-huh. they had a um, an episode on. I I forget what the name of the style of music it was. Jazz? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, it was Zydeco. Like, no, I, These are I, good I, questions. <sighs> no, there's a there's a type of music that Lisa Lisa, Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam. <laughs> Oh. The band was a part oh. of this wave. Oh, freestyle, freestyle. That was what it was. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm listening to this uh, podcast. Let me Google Lisa Lisa. And half of it was these uh, uh, JoJo's uh, ma- Bizarre Adventure manga sure. characters. <laughs> these, yeah. <laughs> and so I was well, like, that, uh, I don't think that's the band Lisa Lisa. <laughs> And cult jam that I'm looking at. It seems to be a large, muscular uh, <laughs> woman from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But um, so this is this is it's interesting that you did this. It provides the second half the uh, resolution <laughs> to a mystery that was in my brain. Of like Finally. why does this? Why does this character have the same name as this band? It seems like everyone has the name of bands in JoJo. So. Oh, oh, dear. You, yeah, you're, you're, buckle up, buddy. Yeah. Um, so, so this, once again, these, these first two parts are fairly straightforward. We have like a Victorian horror action adventure and then like a globe trotting action horror adventure against immortal monsters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. we're the about class, to get the two, to the, the two main genres. Yeah. Before we jump into the third part, which is where I feel like this series really kicks off, like really mm-hmm. the heart of JoJo's, I feel like Dan has some words from one of our sponsors. That's true. You know what? Um, the Flophouse is sponsored uh, mostly by listeners like you who uh, are kind enough to become a member at, at MaximumFun.org, but we also have some kind advertisers as well. And this week, the Flophouse is sponsored in part by Policy Genius, which is not an insurance company, but a marketplace that helps shoppers looking for insurance understand their options and compare quotes across companies and get a policy all in one place. Why get live insurance? We pay hundreds of dollars per year to protect homes, cars, phones, but even but mo- most of us aren't taking steps to protect our families, finances, mortgage payments, private loans, other types of debt, Don't disappear if something happens to you, so a life insurance policy can provide your loved ones with a cushion they can use to cover those costs. Uh, If you already have coverage through work, having life insurance through your job may not be enough. Most people need up to 10 times more coverage to properly provide for their families, and coverage through work isn't portable because if you leave your job, the policy doesn't go with you. Why get covered now? Well, life insurance gets more expensive as you age, so it's smart to get a policy sooner rather than later, and Policy Genius can help you find the best price for the insurance that you want. Make sure you're not paying a cent more than you have to for the coverage you need. So, 
PolicyGenius is an insurance marketplace that makes it easy to compare quotes from top companies like AIG, Prudential, others in one place to find your lowest price on life insurance. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with PolicyGenius. Options start at just $17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. Just click the link in the description or head to policygenius.com to get personalized quotes and minutes and the right policy for your needs. The licensed agents at Policy Genius will work for you, not the insurance companies. They're on hand through the whole process to help you understand your options so you can make decisions with confidence. So head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. Hey there, quick favor to ask. Will you help us out by taking a five-minute survey at MaximumFun.org survey? As you know, most of the support for MaxFun comes directly from folks like you, but many of our shows and our network also rely on limited advertising for some revenue. This survey helps us attract advertisers that are a good fit for the audiences of our shows, and it helps many of our hosts secure a bit of extra income. It should only take a few minutes to complete, and you'll get a discount at MaxFun store when you do. That's MaximumFun.org survey. Thanks. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. <laughs> Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, addiction to TV, and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. <laughs> There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses, hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Stuart, back to you. Okay, now let's get into Series 3 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Let's do Stardust it. Crusaders. Why don't you guys advance the slide so we can see you're looking at the uh, the cover of the first issue of uh, Stardust Crusaders there. Oh, so many hearts. Oh, boy. Yeah, so as you can see, there's some very specific design choices. And on right there, you see this series, Jojo. That's Jotaro Kujo, the grandson of Joseph Joestar. Kujo? Jotaro, Jotaro Kujo. Uh, he's a uh, the Japanese grandson okay. of Joseph Joestar. And he, uh, this is the, this. finally we have a Jojo that actually has a little bit of personality. Uh, Jotaro is in part, clearly in volume three. <laughs> in volume three, uh, well, where's the previous like most uh, jo- cable shows? You just got to stick <laughs> with it through the first couple seasons, and then it gets really good. Every in time a lot someone, of ways, it's I'm like succession. For, I'm waiting for someone to be like, stick through the first three seasons, but in the last episode of the fourth season, it really gets good. Oh, how mm-hmm. many seasons are there? Four of four seasons. That's the last one. Mm-hmm. Okay, Actually, so the, what. Uh, I'm a I'm a firm believer that if if at any if at any point you are intrigued by what I'm talking about, I would highly recommend starting with uh, series three or I think the with the animated series they actually condense the first two into just the first season. So th- just start with Stardust Crusaders because this is where this is where this kind of okay. defines the series. Maybe okay. that's maybe that's what I should have done because I started reading the first volume and I did find the personality listness 
of the main, the original JoJo, uh, Joe yeah. Joe Prime, to be a yeah. little off. John it, it reminded me a lot of the. Uh, there's a Joseph West Jehoshaphat. <laughs> there's a Nathaniel West book called A Cool Million, in which uh, the this it's the the joke of it is just that these two characters who are naive, optimistic Americans of the type that you would see in novels around the turn of the century in the 20th century. Just terrible things happen to them, one scene after another. Mm-hmm. Just horrible things, and they're always really naive and idealistic and and optimistic. And I was like, oh, this JoJo guy reminds me of this, but it's like I don't know where this story is going or what, what's going on. So, mm-hmm. so Stardust Crusaders is the one. You Stardust Crusaders, start where you should start, because what this this is the series. You might where as well they call fu- it Start Dust. Crusade hears. The, they really <laughs> should. Have. Uh, so the there's no law against it. The most notable addition at this point is they introduce the idea of the stand. Now, uh, the stand uh, stands are m- like magic powers that select individuals have. It's like a, like a mutant power or a superpower, but it's uh, some kind of a power that only other people who have a stand can see. And it's usually represented by some kind of uh, like anthropomorphized uh, figure of some kind. As you can see on the image on the right, we see Jotaro with his stand, Star Platinum. Uh, so, so, so describe it, it's kind of like a bluish, purplish, what, armored figure with long hair, and he's got gloves covered in frog looks eggs like, or some looks kind like of Looks like a wrestler, bobble. yeah. Looks like a yeah. wrestler. <laughs> okay. And he's just Basically, kind of jumping out of JoJo with a, in, a, in a flurry of Japanese lettering. Yeah, so these stands are something that the stand user can summon and uh, by and provide some kind of magic power. In this case, Jotaro Star Platinum moves super fast and punches things super hard. Okay, uh, uh, and it, I don't remember him stand. in the book, The Stand. Dan, he's I, not. I, you, but you, you should check. I'll go. Ch- Dan, can you guys wait a second while I go check my co- my unabridged version of Stephen King's The <laughs> oh, Stand? God. Okay. Oh, this will take a while. Part one, chapter one. Oh, Everyone no. was feeling sick. Ugh, I'm feeling <laughs> so sick. I guess it's some kind of virus or something. That's I'm, not good. Oh, I'm almost two. 100% hey, I'm still sure feeling it, sick. it more yeah. likely starts with some kind of like 50s bullshit or yeah, like baby, some you kind love of your man slurring. lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A description of a classic car. <laughs> so... Jotaro, as I said, he, I mean, if, if it makes you feel better, there definitely are scenes of teenager of, of a teenage boy masturbating and then letting the semen just kind of dry into a scale on his belly. There's a lot mm-hmm. of that in Stephen King books too. Doesn't happen in JoJo's, but you know <laughs> I haven't read it all yet. So maybe his uh, adventure is not that bizarre. As I said, jo- uh, Jotaro is kind of a bad boy. He's sassy, but he's a little <laughs> bit smart. Uh, he doesn't like authority. He also mm. has hair that kind of clips through the back of his hat, which is really cool. Cool. Um, he is in in all in all ways. He's the coolest dude. Okay. Um, and he goes on a globe-trotting adventure against an immortal vampire. That's right, Dio's back. And when Dio Uh-oh. came back, he awoken the stands in a number of different in- individuals. So Dio okay. is sending stand-powered individuals who he has brainwashed to fight them. And then, of course, they turn them over to their own. So, you know, it's one of those things where they, like, get in a fight, and by the end, they're friends again, and then they join yeah, up yeah. their team. So, let's so look, he's causing then, people to literally stand in the place where they live. 
Exactly. Uh, mm. I, I'll have to examine that statement. So let's go to the next panel. This is this sure. is some fan art where we have. This is our team. This is our globe trotting oh. adventures. I, I hate team. to say it. I kind of like the fan art. Yeah, the more fan than the official art is a little less uh, busy. I would say. <laughs> mm, see, I, I think, see I think you're ignoring the appeal. <laughs> okay. I think you're ignoring the appeal of the uh, poses that could never be reproduced by a human body. Um, so as we can see, this is uh, this is Chodoro, Kakioin, Paul Nareff in the middle. He's he's the silly bad boy. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of bad boys. You have uh, Avdol, <laughs> and then on like the far left, boys. on the far left, that's right. You have Joseph Joestar, the hero hero from the previous uh, series. Grandpa Joe comes along to help. Um, so they travel just around like, like Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> It's a lot like Willy Wonka. So Willy Wonka, I didn't realize Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is is an unofficial prequel, I guess, or not pre. I guess it takes place in between volumes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I would argue it is a bizarre all adventure. those and all those characters dress appropriately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Ario Speedwagon was dressed kind of Wonka-ish. Yeah. This so they, what is, now. What is with this? There's a guy here who has like um, straps on his pants in such a way as to sort of like emphasize his area. Like they, yeah, they it's go, like a cod piece over his pants. Yeah. No, well, but they're like straps that go where, as Stuart would put it, the cum gutters go to sort yep. of like you know, like don't pull put, it. Don't put words in Stu's <laughs> mouth, especially not those. Pull words. it taut <laughs> over the yeah, the, the buffalo area, as they would say on <laughs> Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh that well. So that's Muhammad Avdol. He mm -hmm. uh, his of course his stand is magician red because as you've already <laughs> pieced together, all of these all of the stands at least initially are all themed around the major arcana of the tarot. Obviously, yeah, whereas, that's what I, I guessed yeah. It, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, right? You know, um, you didn't even need to say it because. But you so. but you look at these characters <laughs> and you're like ahead of you, way ahead of you. <laughs> you look at these characters and you're like they're dressed pretty crazy well it get, this is very uh reserved for this series these are this is a very normal style mm -hmm. so let's move on to the next so they gotta fight sure. an enemy and that enemy of course is dio brando immortal vampire let's look at this mm -hmm. next panel that's what wait, dio wait, looks so, like he's now. got these so his belt buckle and also his knee pads are all in the shape of enormous hearts mm-hmm yep because he's got style. And standing over <laughs> his shoulder that's right dio has a stand as well his stand the world Oh, okay. What does the world do? What's the, what's the world's like, power? Other than also having heart-shaped knee Like pads. the earth? Like the world world? Well, the you know, the the card, the world, the the major okay. arcana of the, the, arcana the world. And, and, in, and in fact, his his it takes them – so one of the exciting things about stands is that we're talking – they routinely run into situations where they have to fight these super-powered individuals who have some <coughs> kind of superpower. And every time it almost becomes a – uh, they have to like figure out what their enemy's power is. Whereas uh -huh. I was used to like Western superhero comics where like somebody will show up and I'm like, I'm the master of, you know, shooting webs out of my hands or I'm going to cover you mm -hmm. in glue and then I'll dry forever, Spider-Man. In this stuff, <laughs> uh, the stand users are like, I am not going to tell you shit because as soon as you know what my powers are, you'll be able to defeat me. <laughs> so a lot of it is like trial and error and That's figuring smart. out... And luckily, we got a Jotaro Kujo who's super smart as well as being sassy and super tough. Uh, so uh, a lot of it is uh, trying – is the like uh, – there's there's a certain amount of uh, – I, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. but Mystery? It's 
Exactly. That's exactly what I was looking for. Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. uh, so this reminds so me of a. This reminds me of a, many years ago when I was a student at NYU. Uh, the cartoonist Evan Dorkin came to talk to the uh, science fiction and fantasy club, and he talked about how how stupid he always thought it was that a, uh, that electro. He's fighting Spider-Man. Spider-Man goes, I know Electro's powers. I know I get him wet. He'll short out. He gets him wet. He shorts out. He sends him to jail. Electro gets out of jail. He puts on the same Electro costume. And it's like you're saying, Stu, it's like he's advertising how you defeat him. And Evan Dorkin was positing a world where Electro dresses up like Scorpion. And Spider-Man goes, it's Scorpion. I know how to stop him. I just grab his tail and swing him around. And he grabs his tail and Electro just electrocutes him through the tail. And that would have been a Spartan move. But these these Western heroes and villains are just so prideful. They can't, they can't put on another one's clothes and kind of take let them get the credit you know yeah exactly and that's uh and that's dio's whole thing is he doesn't let anyone know what his power is which of course is to freeze time for everyone else for exactly five seconds which you don't think is a lot that's it no but that's that's a good power to hide too because you're not going to figure it out right away yeah and then, of course, uh, and though his stand is fairly close ranged, uh, he'll usually freeze time and then have his stand go and punch a hole through the person, which is fatal for most people. <laughs> yeah, um, nine okay. times out of ten. Nine times out of ten. So that is Stardust <laughs> Dan, Crusaders. Dan, are you pulling that from the New England Journal of Medicine? Is that <laughs> yeah, where you get that, that, well, that statistic study from? On a hole and punch, <laughs> holes being punched through people. <laughs> Stardust Crusaders has a has a ton of crazy stuff in it. It introduces stands. Uh, it's mm-hmm. this like fun globe trotting adventure that ends up in Egypt. There's one of my favorite sequences is a there's a sequence where they get in a uh, they're fighting a stand user who is a gambler and he keeps uh, forcing them to gamble away basically their lives. And it is it it's like such a silly like non-action-based sequence, but it's so fun and the reactions of all the characters are so crazy. I love it in every animated version I've seen. Every t- When I read it, it was like, I already knew what was going to happen. I still love it. It's And that's that's like the heart of what, uh, what I love about JoJo's is that it's like, it's never what I expect. And there's, I love the like weird mystery of trying to figure out everybody's abilities and people overreacting to things. It's great. So Stardust Crusaders, thumbs up. Uh, if you want to check out JoJo's, that's the place to go. Um, time to move on to the next one. And that's our next series. That's right. Uh, oh, yeah. And also in Stardust Crusaders, there's a villain named Vanilla Ice who destroys people. <laughs> uh, okay. Destroys just like the people. real Vanilla Ice. Well, <laughs> yep. his, uh, his, his stand involves creating a void bubble around him that destroys everything it touches. Uh, which is probably inspired by Vanilla Ice. Um, Okay, so let's move on to the next slide. This is the first uh, cover of our next series, Diamond is Unbreakable. Now, we have a nice, cool collection (laughs) of characters there. Obviously, you can (laughs) see in the back, uh, Jotaro Kujo shows up, and now he's a little more experienced. He's learned some stuff from his battles with Dio. But we have a couple other characters here. He's got a bigger hat, certainly. As you can see, a couple of these characters are wearing school uniforms. That's right. I could not, honestly, I could not <laughs> tell that. Yeah. They're so covered in, in gigaws and baubles and chains and mm-hmm. things and I and ornaments. I did not I I missed that. So this this series takes place entirely in a small Japanese town named Morio, and it almost has like a weird Twin Peaks vibe because there's 
a serial killer who is stalking the streets, a serial killer, that's right, who has the powers of a stand. And we follow our new Jojo, Josuke Higashikata, a Japanese teenager with a cool pompadour haircut and a powerful stand ability, and a bunch of his friends as they travel around town and deal with uh, other stand users and eventually try and track down this serial killer. Let's get right to Josuke. That's him. Go to the next panel. Oh, is this from the cartoon? This is from the cartoon. That's Josuke. Uh, As you can see, he's got a pompadour haircut. Yeah. He, uh, and over his shoulder is his his stand, Crazy Diamond. Sure. (laughs) Who, I mean, let's, let's, let's describe this character. I would say that this character is if there was sort of a fetish gear version of Bane. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I was going to say, like, if the X-Men villain Avalanche, if half of his costume fell off in pieces and revealed yeah. that yeah. he didn't wear anything underneath. There You're is both a right. lot of flesh here. <laughs> a lot of, I, yeah, it's, he's, and it's a, a lot of flesh, just kind of hearts stuck onto his body. Including like one like, in the groin zone. Yeah. One, one in the groin zone and hard, one has like chin. a little, yeah, he's got a little like soul patch soul heart. heart. Yeah. But he also which has, matches which matches the hearts that uh, Josuke uses to adorn his, to decorate his school uniform. Yeah, and he's also got tubes going from his neck into I don't know what his back seems unnecessary. Uh-huh. But uh, like so, like Bane yeah. had like a tank Just that he would tubes, get stuff from. T- tubes going from one part of his body to another part of his body. <laughs> I mean, we all have those inside. Yeah, of us. We, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's idea. Yeah. So uh, this where I'm just so noticing in, that the top of his helmet is flat, but it's still shaped like a heart. Shaped like a heart, hell yeah! <laughs> so uh, this so Josuke's stand is similar to Star Platinum in that it's fairly short range, it's fast and tough, but it has a very specific, unique ability, and that's the things it punches and destroys. Uh, he can remake, so he can heal people. He can fix things that have been destroyed. It, this is the series where they really start exploring some of the wacky stand powers that they can do and some of the weird combos that they can uh, that they can do with the various abilities. And it's also an important thing because previously when they would introduce a, uh, like a villain that has a power that like kills somebody, uh, now what they'll do is uh, they can demonstrate how deadly somebody's stand is and then Josuke can use uh, Crazy Diamond to just heal that person again. <laughs> Uh, which is important. To, you need to have a healer on your team, basically. Yeah, yeah. you got to balance out the the party. I can, can I just say before we move on. Also, Jojo, the top of Jojo's pompadour kind of looks like uh-huh. a waffle iron. Like the texture is, to me, very evocative of a of, of a, a waffle, waffle iron. Waffle. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the one of the key things about this Josuke is you cannot make fun of his hair, or else it sends him into a berserker rage. Oh no, so Dan, you better keep that to yourself. Oh no, Dan, do not say anything more about that because you might get a, a a visitor that you are not going to be happy yeah. with. Yeah, what he does so, isn't and very for, nice. So a lot of this series <laughs> is JoJo and his friends uh, running into enemy stand users, uh, having you know a life or death battle, and then oftentimes defeating the enemy and that enemy becoming their friend and part of the team, uh, which is great. At one point, a character shows up that is an alien 
Uh, and that's the first time we've ever addressed aliens in the series, which is kind of wild. And the alien has a stand. That stand, of course, is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a wild it's a wild season. It's a lot of fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And also, it really it plays into like the the horror angle with a ser- an evil serial killer villain who we'll introduce on the next slide, right yes. there. Uh, oh, that is <laughs> okay. That's Yoshikaga Kira. That's uh, yeah. the name of the uh, the kind of like uptight uh, businessman uh, serial killer guy who you know uh, is just looking for some woman to share his life, but he often kills them. In fact, always does. And standing in front of him is his stand. That's right, Killer Queen. Now his <laughs> his stand has a, some powerful thighs. Yeah, those thighs oh, are incredible roughly as thighs. wide as as barrels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also he's also some sort of a cat robot. He looks like a cat robot. Like a pink Based cat Based on his robot. appearance, what do you think his power is? Uh, well, he's certainly jellical. So uh, there's uh, right uh, that right off the top. True. So I'm sure he can sing about himself. Hmm. I, I mean, like I don't know. I like I'm I something about it, like some sort of like <laughs> l- evil love perfume. Is that a thing? Mm. <laughs> I mean, it is now. That, that would 100% fit within this series. Uh-huh. So the powers of Killer Queen are all based around explosives. Okay. Because nothing is more powerful than a serial killer that can blow up all evidence of his crimes. Oh, my God. That's how he's been I able to survive so. for so long in Morio. <laughs> uh, it, it, this is a super fun series. It leads to a really fun conclusion with some fun, like, Time hopping shenanigans. Uh, I, I I like this one a lot. Uh, yeah, so thumbs up. A lot of lot of sweet sweet uh, boys in this one. Uh, speaking of sweet boys, we're gonna move on to the next series mm-hmm. where we leave oh. Morio Japan and we go to on a trip to Italy, Italia. So let's look at this next group of boys. <laughs> this this sure. next group. Uh, yeah, it's I'm not it, obviously they seem in to Italy. Exist in, Yes, it's either, so, either Italy or or Narnia. It's, so look, looking at these boys, what do you what do you think their profession is? Uh, I'm getting I'm getting real improv everywhere vibes. Some kind of modern circus or sort you know, of like, mostly acrobatics. Or I know we mentioned a boy band before, but maybe that I don't know. <laughs> yep. Are they Are they Wait Wait Hold on, we'll figure this out. Are they Are they a roller derby team? <laughs> like a red fest roller derby team? I know, I know you guys don't have a lot of experience with it, but they are very clearly a group of Italian mafiosos. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's yeah, with the with the, the big have... belt buckle that says A hanging over the crotch <laughs> one and the As other I, one having having this, kind of like a, a half shirt with leather straps just sort attaching of it to a neck leash. Open uh, jumpsuit, this like white <laughs> jumpsuit with like an open breastplate <sighs> yeah, with like yeah. like just like Tags dangling off of it. They're like little paddle ball paddles. They're just <laughs> hanging off of the and there and of course and there's the guy who's got a no shirt and then a tie and then over that kind of a, a weird kind of slit up the middle jacket. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. the one that has sort of abs <laughs> painted on in purple uh-huh. under their shirt. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the, the one that has a hat that is like a red, it's almost like a miniature wimple. Uh, yeah. With like, a, with like a, a phallic kind of blue sword going down yeah. the forehead. And, Classic and, mafiosos. <laughs> yep. 
So this is this is the team. And we we from, didn't even we didn't even mention the one whose hair is it seems to be uh it seems to be contorted to the shape of three eyeballs <laughs> along yeah. along his forehead. The best part is that the last member of the team is the JoJo of this series. That's right, Giorno Giovanna. <laughs> now which uh, one is so that? So this is this is uh that's the the blonde haired fellow with the curls and the heart shaped cutout of his pink jumpsuit. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, so this is the, this is the cast of the the final series I'm going to be talking about tonight. This is uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure series five, uh, Vento Oreo, the Golden Wind, um, and these are the uh, our our JoJo. Let's move on to the next slide. Mm-hmm. Our next slide is right there. That's uh, Giorno Giovanna <laughs> and his stand. Giorno Giovanna and his stand, uh, the Gold Experience. I think now, at this point, I think at this point now, we have to mention that there is. I think we've danced around that there is a, a there's a real heavy kind of Tom of Finland homoeroticism. Yeah, are to they a, a couple? Lot of this. The stand, yeah, the stand is kind of like leaning into Jojo with its arms, arms around his shoulders over him. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And head kind of like nuzzles against Jojo's head, and there's a tear falling from the stand's eye. It looks like, or perhaps that's just that it's just come up out of the water. But there's a real. I feel like this is the most. This is the one that has it's most sensual. implied a, a sexual relationship yeah. Yeah, between yeah. Jojo and so, his stand. Part of the, the one of the things about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and the art style is that I always kind of liken it to if somebody was doing fashion plates for an issue of Italian Vogue and used only WWF wrestlers to <laughs> okay, as the models. Yeah. And I feel like this is the this is the most on the nose. Like I feel like the the fashion in this specific one, since they they are in Italy. Uh, the fashion is is super bonkers, and it's so funny because they keep, they regularly mention how the 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 mafia can blend in with society, and I'm like, every <laughs> single one of these gangsters looks like a maniac. I mean, I yeah. guess they could blend in with like the future of Time Cop. <laughs> yeah, know? like, there's, like the there's, Super there's, Mario like, Brothers, the movie, the world. Fifth Element. They would blend <laughs> right in. Like, there's moments where they're like, we need to find the stand user in this crowd. I'm like, I think you. Can find him it's the yeah. crazy looking one <laughs> so as i as i said before so standing over giorno's shoulder is his stand the gold experience uh <laughs> his stand is is a similarly short-range stand uh but the and similar to uh josuke's uh it it has a life-giving element so it the things it touches it uh it can it can alter the life form so it could turn something that has like it could turn a stick into in like a uh, somebody's liver, or it can turn a beetle into a necklace. It, it's uh, it's this weird kind of all-purpose like morphing ability. Uh, it has the it, same. It has the useful. same power that the same power that Calvin's transmogrifying box mm-hmm. has in Calvin the Hobbs. But the the focus is around life, which is kind of cool because it does. Uh, it's like an echo from the the previous, like the Hamon, like breath control, life energy thing. So mm-hmm. the, an important thing here also is that Giorno Giovanna isn't a Joe star. Giorno is the son of Dio Brando. That's right, oh. the villain from Star Trek Crusaders. So he puts together. Uh, he joins. Uh, uh, he joins this team of gangsters with the express purpose of trying to take down the boss because the boss of the Italian crime organization Passione. That's the name of the organization. This boss Passion. has been. Yeah, this boss has been selling drugs to children, which in the in this series is the worst 
worst possible thing you could do. So it's he wants to bad. become a. In, I mean, in real to, life, it's pretty bad. Too. No, you're right. He wants to become <laughs> a gang star, in his words, and uh, and overthrow the organization and run the organization himself. And he enlists. He initially fights and then enlists. Uh, the who I would consider to be the real hero of the story. Let's move to the next slide. Uh-huh. That's that's the the capo of their group. That's okay. Bruno Bucciaretti and his stand, <laughs> Sticky Fingers, aka Zipper Man. Because okay. a lot of the names Zipper. Of the, I get it. Those are zippers that are hanging. Yeah. from Yeah, a lot of the names have been were changed for the English translation and dub. Uh, there's a there's a stand called Craftwork uh, that was changed to Arts and Crafts. Uh, obviously in this case, uh, there's one of my favorites is baby head, uh, well, was originally <laughs> baby face. That's a stand that involves a computer and, uh, using somebody's DNA to create a evil stand baby. Uh, this is a wild <laughs> now, series. I am Why did they- so glad this is called zipper man because I was looking at it. I'm like. That looks like a big, like the little thing, like the thing that you hold on to in a zipper, the, the little tab, yeah, like the there's flange, a giant yeah. one hanging off of kind of the belt area of the stand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, am I crazy? Is that like a zipper thing? And it was good to know that uh, <laughs> I was right. It's Sorry, not Ali, metal penis, were, man. Yeah. You were going to say something. <laughs> No, no, yeah, just that, that it, it does look like he has a giant paddle penis. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bruno has this, like, and, weird short And that stand short has a bangs. lot of attitude. I feel like the stands have more more and more attitude. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's this, this one's all attitude. Uh, Bruno Bucciaretti is the leader of the group. He's got a bowl cut with bangs, and he has these, like, barrettes in his hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, if I'd call it a bowl cut. That's a Louise Brooks haircut. Yeah, yeah it's a bob. Thank you. It's a little bob. Yeah. It's a bob, you're right. Uh, similar to Giorno, he's got a cutout in his little suit uh, showing <laughs> off a nice set of tattoos. Uh, now, uh, his stand, Sticky Fingers, uh, when it uh, things it touches, he can open up, like, zippers, so it allows <laughs> him to, like, he can, like, punches he can punch somebody's arm and their arm will come unzipped from their body he can punch his own body well, and hold, unzip hold on. parts of it now Stuart, uh, this yep. is postulating that uh, just like a normal arm is zipped on <laughs> well the power creates the zipper right yeah it creates a zipper he can uh, punch a wall the, and create a zipper and then and then fall through the wall now, and then if, zip the wall because the, the ability because the ability to unzip a zipper is not that great a superpower yeah. most people can do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true what if, you don't need yeah. a stand for that <laughs> no you just embarrass people by being like xyz now what if he punched zipper from uh rescue rangers I feel like Zipper would get covered in zippers and then get unzipped and we would all yeah. be fucking bumped. Didn't that would Zipper be so sad. like Yeah. So, Wait, especially in, didn't in the Zipper movie, marry Gadget? Well yeah. in the in the yeah, in the recent Chippendale movie. Canon. It's canon. Well, Dan, Dan doesn't They're married canon. You have to imagine uh, them on their honeymoon. Imagine it right now. I'm so, imagine uh, it. Sure. Why not? <laughs> And let's look, let's look at let's look at some of the villains that are uh, that are arrayed against our rowdy boys here. Okay, we got a the uh, the next slide is the <laughs> this is the assassin squad uh-huh. uh, that are all named after food. We got chocolata, pesci, uh, fromaggi, all those fucking shits, uh, and they of course <laughs> attack them. They attack our friends one by one. Uh, one of them, pesci, has a stand that is a magical fishing rod. 
Nimrod. Uh, yeah, it's great. Oh man, it's great. These guys. So which look, is the which look is the one nor- where the head, look at these head. normal gangsters? <laughs> the one where his head is also his neck, and he's got like a pineapple top coming out of that's, his head. That's Pesci, of course, and he's kind I, of oh, a okay. wimp. And this is the first time that I realized I'm like, oh, it's Joe Fish. Joe Fish is his name. Joe Fish. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, sorry. Thank yeah. you for that realization. Yeah, no, I'm glad. The guy in the middle with the weird uh, goth and, and uh, Dan, jester Dan, cap. Robert De Niro is Robert of Nero. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazing. And Al, Al Pacino's name actually means Pachinko. Oh, yeah. the 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 game or the new the series game. on Hulu? Both. Is it Hulu? <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what so are you I want to point out. I want to point out in the next slide, uh, we're going to advance to the next slide yeah, yeah, because we, I got something special for you. We have oh. we have a stand that's right after Dan's heart here. That is one of the enemies, and the stand is Talking Heads. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, now, describe As Talking Heads to me. As the goes on, it's really visually removing into Aeon Flux territory. It's yeah, really that last more- one was... Super Aeon Flux. Yeah, the bodies are getting thinner and more distort. Like their their uh, postures are more distorted and and on oblique angles and yeah, a kind of unnerving Aeon Flux quality. Uh, the, I would say uh, that the stand. Yeah, describe Stuart, it. You were going to say describe it. I it's I you know I understand why it's called talking head because the head is the largest thing, but it's not just a head. It's got little arms and like kind of a little body that. Trails off into it's like a, a tail. It's like a, it's like a baby devil genie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of looks like a. If there's a cute version of that squid from Prometheus, it's sort of uh, in it, that. It's zone. in the movie. The cute version is in okay. the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little so, baby squid. Yeah. So to give you an idea what this what Talking Heads power is, is it uh, climbs into your mouth and replaces your tongue, and then says the exact opposite <laughs> of what you want it to say. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> What a great speaking power. Speaking in tongues, I get it. Yeah, yeah. A ve- it's a it's a very specific power. Luckily, uh, <laughs> it's used in uh, coordination with a teleporting shark stand that can teleport from different bodies of water, including blood and tears coming out of your eye. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is, this is a, uh, again, this is similar to Stardust Crusaders in that there's a little bit of a globetrotting element. Uh, they travel all around Italy. Uh, we get to know all of these rowdy oh, like boys. Like Stanley Tucci. Wait, so is Stanley Ex- Tucci looking for Italy or whatever? Is that just a JoJo's adventure? Series? It is a lot like a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I wonder what Stanley Tucci's stand would be. I mean, he dresses, mm. depending on the role, mm. will, could easily dress like one of our various yeah. stand users. And incorrectly made Negroni is his stand. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. Shots um, fired. Now in the, Shots in I the, don't understand fired. <laughs> In the so in the in the third series we introduced uh, the concept of stands. In the 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 fourth series we introduced the idea that stands are given to people if they are shot by a magical arrow that will either kill them <laughs> or bring out their stand. Oh, like the Terrigen Mists. Okay, exactly. And a lot of the action involves chasing around trying to get that arrow away from bad guys. <laughs> Finally, in this series. We, we address the idea that stands come from an alien meteorite that came mm. to Earth and will was uh, basically causing some kind of a virus that would either kill you or give you powers. And then somebody took the meteorite rock 
and formed arrows out of it and then sold those arrows mm. to a hag named Enya in Egypt who gave mm. them to Dio. So that's how, so far that's where we're at on stands and how they came sense. to be. And finally, <laughs> let's talk about the guy, uh, the big bad, the boss of the organization. Let's go to the next slide. Oh. This is what a crime boss looks like, guys. <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course, that's what you think of. That's Diavolo and his stand, King Crimson. Uh, yeah, so Diavolo is a super bad dude. Uh, he dresses like a totally normal gangster, and King yeah. Crimson has if, a little if baby a gangster, face. If a gangster was in those creepy Calvin Klein commercials from about 25, <laughs> 30 years ago, where, where kind of young people in, in jeans and no shirts stood next to ladders in a yeah. basement and answered mm-hmm. uncomfortable questions about themselves. And yeah. his stand looks like Iron Man in fishnets. <laughs> yeah. If, if this is that waffle print again, if Iron Man fell into a waffle iron, yeah, uh, this is this is that guy, yeah. And King Crimson, it's another thing where they uh, Diablo tries to keep his identity secret because, of course, he's a secretive mob boss, uh, and uh, <laughs> he tries to keep his power secret. His power, based on the name King Crimson, the look. What do you guys think his power might be? Um. Mm. Uh. Just he releases a like just like a flood of blood. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome! It is not a flood of blood. Uh, that's similar to some other stains, though. Um, okay, so maybe what if it's like uh, if okay, it's like King. So it's like he takes you to court because you're in the court of the Crimson King. So he's oh. like a, he's a lawyer. He's a not, lawyer and he's good with injunctions and torts and things. Mm-hmm. Not, these these are these are all really good guesses. He he has a two part power. One is that he can see briefly what is going to happen in the future, and the other is that he can erase ten seconds worth of time, <laughs> uh, which is a weird power. And I don't quite know why or how it's good, but he does it a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, uh, yeah, so, uh, it leads to a very complicated, uh, showdown at the end that is not necessarily my favorite, but, you know, uh, this was still quite a bizarre adventure to go on. Um, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is, uh, so that's going to be, that's, that's it with, uh, at the end of five series worth of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm looking forward wow. to see where it goes next. I believe our next JoJo is is our first female Jojo, Jolene Cujo, the daughter of uh, Jotaro, the coolest dude in the universe, as I mentioned before. Um, There's so many cool stands. Uh, you got to catch them all. Uh, I recommend this series. Uh, guys, do you have any parting questions or thoughts on this adventure I've taken you on? Uh, n- no. I feel like before this, I had sort of a, my uh, understanding of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was at an F, and now uh-huh. it's <laughs> yeah. sort of a D plus. So. Easily a D plus, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. No, you're welcome. I, I also don't have any questions. I feel like that was thorough, comprehensive. It did leave me asking more questions than were answered, but I'm. it also left me afraid of answering those questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And unsure of myself and who I am and, and what works in the universe and what what I should be expecting from my entertainment. So uh, thank you for that. So guys, I've almost finished this bottle of Mezcal, so I think it's probably a good time for us to sign <laughs> out. Uh, this uh, podcast is on the Max Fun Network. You can check out a bunch of other fun podcasts on there. Some are not about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, <laughs> are... Roughly, roughly 99.99999% 
are not about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, so you're saying there's a chance. Uh, <laughs> uh, this podcast was edited by the loving hands of Alex Smith. You can find him as Howell Doughty on various social media. Uh, you can check out his podcast, Howell Doughty's Fast Track, which Dan just recorded a dope-ass song for. Um, it's true. I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Dan McCoy. And I'm Elliot Kalen. Bye. <laughs> 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 MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.